Hello and welcome back to Lounge with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are joined today by Laurel Black, who is a debut author and will be telling us all about her novel, Lost Kingdom. So Laurel, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into, you know, publishing your own book. Well, thank you all for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And as you said, Lost Kingdom is my debut novel. I've been working on it for many years, but my main profession is photography. I am a photographer and that actually helped me write the book. So I'm very, the type of photography I do, it's very visual. I visualize things to create them and then to capture them. And I did the same with Lost Kingdom. So I was able to visualize the scenes and the characters and really bring it to the page. So it's very similar to how I do my photography. But I've actually had several professions over the years. I started out after college as a mechanical engineer. So I have come a long way. I quit my corporate job about 16 years ago to pursue more creative endeavors. And photography being one of those, that's my main thing. And then this book writing started about, oh my gosh, I started writing, not this book, but I started writing fiction about eight years ago. So it's been a long journey, but that's a little bit about me. Why did you decide on fantasy? You know, I know you've linked it with your photography. What made you go fantasy? I love fantasy for a lot of reasons. One, it's the genre that I like to read. So I do find it easier to write the genre, write the genre that I like to read. But also I love fantasy because it is so visual. Like you have the different landscapes, in my case, kingdoms, which are very visual. You have this kind of medieval setting, which is very visual. So I like all those different elements. I like kind of the epic nature of it, the adventure, the tension, all those kind of things. And growing up, one of my favorite books was The Hobbit. And that was one of the first books for me that I just couldn't put down. And I was just addicted to it. And then Lord of the Rings after that. So I think that's where my love of fantasy really started and why I wanted to write a fantasy book. That sounds brilliant. I mean, obviously, we're interviewing you today as well, Laurel, because we will be reading your book together, me and Claire, in January as our first book club read of 2024. So Make sure you guys out there are getting your hands on a copy so you can join and read along with us. And to get them interested in the novel, Laurel, can you give us a brief synopsis of what it's all about? Absolutely. I'll give you my elevator pitch and then I can go into it because I don't want to spoil anything because I know you all haven't read it and it's not out yet. So the elevator pitch is a girl is given a mysterious map that unknowingly holds the key to saving the kingdom. The only boy she trusts is about to betray her to get it. So that's the little, I call it the elevator pitch, little synopsis. But it's it's a lot of hidden identities, slow burn romance, unique magical system. It's got a diverse world, like there are different realms or kingdoms within the book. So the landscape changes a lot. They're animal familiars, lots of fun fantasy stuff. Talking about the the different characters, how did you come up with those characters? Were you inspired by any anything in a book? I know you mentioned that you like The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. What inspired you? So my first idea for Lost Kingdom came to me. It came to me in the form of the idea for the main character. There are three main characters, and one of them is named Raven. So I wake up one morning, and I put my feet on the floor... And the idea for Lost Kingdom comes to me like this. It says, there's a girl. 
Her name is Raven, and she can turn into a bird. And that was like where it started. So to develop those characters, because obviously that wasn't a very detailed approach enough to write a book, I started brainstorming. So uh, I have multiple notebooks that I use, just blank notebooks, and I start brainstorming. So I'm like, okay, we've, we've started with Raven. You know, what is it? What does she do? Who is she? You know, and then I start asking myself questions about her. I also get inspired by movie characters a lot of times. So the male character in my book, his name is Jadak. He is inspired by a lot of different characters and also my own imagination, of course. But if you all have seen the new Star Trek movies with Chris Pine, where he plays Captain Kirk, so he's that kind of rash, impulsive, sexy kind of guy. So that's also something I look for is characters in movies and books to inspire the characters in my own book. Um, Laurel, I am pleased you told me how uh, Jadak is said. This is my little bugbear with fantasy novels, which is why I don't read them very often, is quite often there's lots of complicated names of places and... In the end, when I'm reading a lot of these books, I end up changing the names of the characters and the places so that I, I don't have to keep stopping and reading. So so now that you've told me that name, I'll be, I'll be able to read that as it's supposed to be. Yes. Well, the other main character is named Raven. So you're pretty good. Yeah, I'm good with, with that. Raven. <laughs> Actually, I'm so glad that you said that because I am the same way. Like... When I read novels where I can't pronounce the names, I'm just like, oh, that's the name with the H, or oh, that's the name with the R, and I just kind of skip over it. And I never say it out loud, and I don't change the name like you, but I'm kind of irritated that it's something I just can't pronounce and can't remember. So I really did think about that while writing this novel. I tried not to make too many complex names or complex you know, city names or character names. Now, Jadak is is kind of a different name, but something I did think about, and I, I do get annoyed when I can't pronounce the names. <laughs> when it comes to world building, Laurel, how did you find that process? Because in any kind of fantasy or sci-fi novel, there's such a big element of building your world, like what's the religion, what's the politics, how many places are you going to visit? How did you go about that process? Again, I think the photography really helped me on that because I'm able to visualize things so well in my head that I see them. I see them like they're coming to life as part of a movie. Just it's playing in my head so I can move things around. So for instance, there's in the book, they go to this outdoor market and I'm like, okay, what does this market look like? So I can build it in my mind and I can say, okay, there are lights strung up here or there are banners hanging over here or there are the shady people over here. So I'm really able to world build in my head. And when it, it comes down to a feeling. So I'll go, I'll visualize it in my head and I'll bring it to life in my head. And again, I'll use movies or other books as inspiration to pull from. And then when it, when it feels right, it's like it clicks in my head. I'm like, that's it. That's what this scene or city or place needs to look like in this world. So that would apply to, you know, the settings, the different settings in the book, and also to, 
you know, the magical system and their religion and things like that, it, it comes down for me to this feeling of what feels right, if that makes any sense. You said that you've been writing for eight years, but this book wasn't the book that you started your writing journey with. How did you know that the first book you started with wasn't the one that you were going to publish? That is a good question. Yes, I started my writing journey writing a dystopian novel. Because I also like to read a lot of dystopian novels. And I really, I still like that book. And I finished it. I wrote the... I was going to say the first draft. I wrote more than that. I hired an editor. I went through kind of a light editing process, not the deep editing process that I went through with Lost Kingdom. And then when I was at the end of this process, that's when I woke up that day and I had the idea for Lost Kingdom. And I thought, no, I got to finish this other book. But then the idea for Lost Kingdom just kept building and kept building. And it just wouldn't leave me alone. And I'm, I'm trying to think what actually made me say, okay, I've got to leave this book and go start writing Lost Kingdom. I think, again, it came down to a feeling. And when I look back at that first book I wrote, it was kind of more like a practice book. Like, I still love the idea and the concept of it, but if I ever did publish it, I'd have to go back and rewrite it. So I think I kind of had that feeling at the time. I was like, it's good. It's just not like... It. It's not the thing that I want to put out in the world. But again, it came down to that gut feeling of, I need to move forward to the next book. So you finished writing Lost Kingdom. So how did you get it published? What was your journey? How, you know, did you already have someone in mind? Has somebody already said, can you write this book? Or, you know, how, how what was that journey to getting it published? That's a good question. Um, I, I originally thought about going the traditional publishing route. So that's how I was writing it in the beginning was I was going to get a literary agent and then hopefully find a publisher that way. And then going through that journey, I was in the middle of that. I was in the middle of querying. And I thought, I don't really want to do this. I've been self-employed for 16 years. I like to march to the beat of my own drum. I don't like anyone telling me what to do. And I love the different aspects of publishing and marketing as well. I think a lot of authors don't like that. They just they just want to write and they're, they just want somebody else to handle the marketing of their book or getting it out there. And that part excited me. So I decided in the middle of the querying process to go the self-publishing route. And I just took everything in my own hands and hired my own editors and my own proofreaders and cover designers and all of that. And none of that really intimidated me. So I kind of, I had fun with it and didn't like passing it off to somebody else because I like to have more control of my projects. And that's kind of how it went. And then marketing, um, you all know I've reached out to a lot of different people to share the book and get it out there. And that's been a really enjoyable process, too. So I, th I think I would have been sad just to pass it off to a traditional publisher and not be able to do all these different elements of publishing the book. That's really interesting that you've just, just decided to take on board the whole process. And actually, yeah, you probably are feeling quite fulfilled by it. I do. I like this part of it. I like connecting with other people and, and sharing the book and 
getting it out there. And that's exciting for me. I loved having the cover designed. So I work closely with the cover designer to make that happen. And a funny story about the cover. Um, you'll have seen it. It has a key on the front cover. And I had finished the final draft of the book. Like it was edited. It was proofread. It was done. And then I'm working with my cover designer. And I wanted to put a symbol on the cover. I didn't want a character on the cover. I wanted a symbol. And there just wasn't the right symbol in the book. We tried a couple different ones and the cover just didn't look the way I wanted it to. So I came up with the idea with the designer of this key with a bird on it, except the key was not in the novel at that point. And the novel is done. So I have to go back. I wanted this key so bad. Like when she, when the designer put it together, it just, it looks so good. I was like, I have to add this key to the novel. So I went back in and the key doesn't play a significant role in the first book, but it will play a more significant role in the next two books or part of the trilogy. So it's kind of funny to add something in last minute just because of the cover. So I know that wouldn't have happened if I went through a traditional publisher, but when you have full control over your project, you can do what you want. And now we know that this key is in the book for that other reason, which is quite fun and interesting for your creative process to try and figure out yeah, how Yeah, you never works. know what is going to come up when you're writing a book. And I know several things like that came up that were unexpected, but made the book better in the end, I believe. You know, when it came to writing a fantasy novel and self-publishing it yourself, were you nervous at all because the fantasy market is quite saturated at the moment? There's a lot of different people out there writing, lots of competition. Yes and no. I think for me, I wrote the book that I wanted to write. And I wrote it, honestly, no offense to everybody, but I wrote it for myself. I wrote it because it was in me and it was fun and enjoyable. And I wanted to read it and I wanted to write it. And so that's why I chose what I chose and this is the novel that came out of me. So yes, the market is very saturated, but also I find that people read a ton of books. So you all know this. You're talking about so many books. I was listening to your last podcast and you all have read way more books than I have in the last like week. So I know that if someone loves fantasy, it's not, they're not limited. It's not like, oh, well, they read this other author, so they can't read my book. It's, it's and instead of or, I feel like in the writing or in the reading world, it's I read this book and this book and this book, not I can only read this book, or I'm not going to read your book. So I feel like because there's so many fantasy lovers, even though the market is saturated, that there's always an opportunity for another great book to come along. I mean, you know, obviously I've said I don't read a lot of fantasy books, so this this is going to be quite good for you, Laurel. Are you gonna Are you gonna pull me over to the dark side? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> or you'll hate it, and that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> when you're writing your book, Laurel, do you have like a tradition? Do you go and tuck yourself into a tiny room with a cup of coffee or do you have to go and sit in a log cabin with a burning fire? How does it go? I wish I had a log cabin with a burning fire. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. No, I, I actually have trouble writing at a desk. I have trouble writing just sitting up, staring at a computer. 
I like sitting in a comfy lounge chair and writing with a blanket over my legs. So especially in winter, I don't know, there's something about it. It's like cold outside and you've got a blanket and you're curled up with your laptop and your notes. And that's always enjoyable. But yeah, I did my homework the same way in high school. I couldn't sit at my desk in my room. I would sit in this comfy lounge chair that I had and I would prop my feet up against the wall and I would do my homework that way. So I feel like I've always been the person to kind of lounge around and do work. And it makes, I don't know, I feel like it makes the creativity flow a little bit more than if I sit at a desk and it makes me feel like I'm working and it's serious. So that's kind of my writing, little writing tradition. Talking about writing, what advice would you give to people that are interested in writing or going down the self-publishing route? So many things. First, I already said this, so I'm not going to go into it again, but I feel like writing the book that you want to read you know, writing the book for you. If you're writing the book for somebody else or because you feel like it's a popular genre, I just don't know if you're going to have the energy to finish it and the motivation to finish it because it's not for you. So I think starting there, but I also think, especially if you're going the self-publishing route, you have to hire a good editor. There are so many self-publishers that they make their first draft their final draft. Like they write it and then they hit publish on Kindle, on Amazon, because it's just so easy to do. It's so easy to just put your work out there. But we don't need more books, I feel like. We have plenty of books. We need more great books. We need more well-written books. We need more books that draw us in and make us want to do podcasts and talk to our friends. And I feel like that's only achieved through having great editing for a book. My first draft, it was a solid first draft, but if I had published it, I would not have been proud of it. I don't think it would have done much. But through working with a great editor, I feel like I was able to really craft the book that I wanted and feel really proud of it and get it out into the world. So definitely hiring an editor, getting great beta readers, not letting beta readers be your family or your yes friends, you know, your friends. Yeah, it's great. Your book is really great. They don't give you honest feedback. What you're looking for with the editor or the beta readers or anyone who touches your book is for honest feedback. You don't want them to just pat your back and say you did a great job. That doesn't make your book better. That might make you feel good that day, but it doesn't create better work. And so I really looked for people that were honest with me. And I ended up, I gave the book to, as a beta reader, to one of my friends who was a yes friend. And she was like, oh, it was amazing and and didn't give me any feedback. So she only got to read one version of the book where some of my other beta readers read several versions because they were willing to give honest feedback. So that is something that I would recommend for new writers or people who are trying to get their first book out. You're not nervous about us reading it then, Laurel? I'm a little nervous about you reading it, yes. <laughs> you don't like fantasy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I was listening to you, one of your episodes today and um, you didn't like some book that you had read. One of you had read back, started back in July and just finished. Oh, that was me. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> That, that wasn't fantasy, though, don't worry. I know, I had that to... That was, like, crime. Your line was classic. Like, it didn't make up for the slow pace of the book. I, it was so brilliant. I had to play it for my husband. I was like, listen to this. They might just 
tear apart my book, but they seem really nice. So we will see. <laughs> oh, uh, we are very nice. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to reading it, Laurel. I am, honestly. <laughs> it's a funny story, Laurel, really, because I said to Claire, the next book club book, I'm going to make us read fantasy because I really like fantasy. And then your email popped up like, would you read my fantasy novel? I was like, perfect. <laughs> it just, it, it all tied up really nicely. And before we let you go, what are you currently reading, Laurel? I just finished The Kiss of Deception, which is a fantasy novel. Have you all read that one? It's by Mary E. Pearson. I think that's how you say her name. Never heard of that one, actually. It's a very good one. Um, She has, I think it's part of a trilogy. So I just finished the first one. So I need to look at the second one. But really one of those books that ropes you in. And again, I love fantasy. So it's set in this fantasy world that was really great. Something funny that I wonder ever happens with you all is they were in this vagabond camp and they're eating this stew or something. And I was like, this sounds delicious. So I had to go online and find this a potato-based, really warm, cozy stew to make just because I had read this scene in the book. I don't know if that ever happens to you all, that you read a book and you have to eat what your characters are eating, but that book made me want to do that. I mean, sometimes I do the facial expressions, but I've never done that. I've never had a recipe before. I'll, I'll look out to see if uh, there's any tasty scenes in your book. <laughs> There are some, but we'll see. I mean, uh, going on that, I mean, I've not taken it from a book, but I I was researching Christmas traditions in Whitby, and one of them was eating a dish called frumity. I don't know what, I probably spoke about it, and I did actually have a go at making that and eating it. So, yeah, if if something takes you fancy. uh, Yeah, it's kind of like porridge. It's like a Christmas-spiced gotcha. porridge, but it's um, a, an old Christmas tradition that uh, they eat in Whitby. I think it's basically to fill you up before you start eating the next course. <laughs> that does sound good, though. <laughs> I do like a good Christmas tradition, so maybe I'll have to try that. So that is all from us today. Huge thank you to Laurel for joining us and telling us all about her book, The Lost Kingdom. Me and Claire will be reading this as our next book club read and we will be putting information on our Instagram about where you can pick this book up so you can join along with us. Uh, Laurel, I hope you stay tuned to hear our thoughts on the book. But otherwise, it is goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.